Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.net listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati. Uh, we are happy <clears throat> to have another session together. And today we are going to talk about uh, sarcasm. We know that sarcasm exists in every culture, in every language, in every, everywhere, at work, in personal situation, with friends. So we want to talk about that. But before we start, I am so happy to announce that Dr. Andrade has his own podcast. And today I ask him to share uh, part of his podcast and talk about that to see how that has started, what is it about, and if possible, we could listen to a part of it so that the listeners are familiar with another set of podcasts that he's putting together. So welcome, Dr. Androni and Dr. Rockers, uh, my friends and my colleagues. And I want to yeah. just ask you guys before Dr. Androni starts talking about his podcast, do you have anything to say? I want to know what's going on with this other podcast of Andrade's. I, I just want you guys to know I'm loyal to culture and psychology. I thought and you were uh, rejecting us or something. No, no, this is this is a growth from this. I believe me, I never thought I would be on a radio show podcast before, and now here I am creating my own. It's it's baffling to me, uh, and so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be able to share this with you guys. <clears throat> it's called Psychology Plus. Uh, right now, it's only available on Apple, uh, but what you can do is either type in the word Psychology Plus, and you'll see a picture of me. If you type in Alex Andrade, my first and last name, not only will you see me, but you'll see Culture and Psychology, which includes all of us. So uh, what that is, is include talking about an array of different topics uh, and having a lot of special guests on there, too. Uh, my first episode had just launched. I had it about psychology and pool. And so for that, I had my brother Mario and my brother Michael, and we talked about kind of our experience playing pool and some of the psychological aspects of playing pool. Uh, particularly, we talked about kind of the social pressure of that. And also, too, we talked about just, you know, what's it like as we grew up playing a game that we loved and, you know, how we've adapted over the years and playing that game. So it was so great because it's so personal to me as well as I'm able to kind of share some of my psychology knowledge in that way. Um, like our show, there's a lot of laughing and joking too. So I encourage uh, listeners, you know, check it out. Psychology Plus, it's on Apple right now. Uh, I'm also uh, launching some behind the scenes content. Uh, if you subscribe uh, for, for a low price of, I, I say less than a cup of coffee a month, $1.99. Uh, that way you have behind the scenes and how the episodes were made, uh, I'm trying to do it about every two to four weeks, uh, but releasing the bonus content uh, throughout the month. So I'm looking forward to having the two of you on the show too. One of the ideas I had, maybe just a little bit of a teaser, 
And I know we talked about it a little bit, just uh, psychology and maybe I'll just say a certain sport. We'll say a certain sport, the three of us kind of playing that together. And we can have that on to, you know, my episode as well as, you know, have it here on culture and psychology. So listeners can enjoy two different angles of it, if you will. So that's what I've been working on. Uh, that's something that I've been enjoying. And yeah, I'm definitely happy to share it with you guys. And I hope it's this. I hope it's a sport that I can be more <laughs> involved, not golf, that I'm just so beginner, but um, maybe ping pong. I can, hey, uh, I can, I can just beat you up with ping pong. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get, we'll get you, we'll get you playing. Yeah, yeah. But thank you, yeah. Allow, thank you for allowing me to talk about it. Uh, of course, called, uh, Psychology Plus. Uh, it's on Apple. So definitely check it out. Alex, can you put just a bit of one of your podcasts right now so we can listen to? That would be uh, awesome. I don't, I don't have it queued up right now, and I don't want to take too much time. But yeah, maybe okay. next episode I can have a little bit of a teaser uh, yeah. for, for listeners. And so yeah, that would be I, nice. I, yeah, I would love to to share that with everybody, and so just to get a little sample. So um, yeah. Dr. Andrade on the spot. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. No, That's I'm awesome. excited. You want to hear it. Yeah. And so, yeah. And if listeners, you want to hear again, you know, uh, just search uh, psychology plus and you'll see a picture of me and the title and it comes up uh, right next to culture and psychology as well. You know what I'm impressed, Alex, is the behind the scene. I like that idea. And I was just thinking maybe we can have that too. Mm, you know, yeah. if we go to Dr. Rocker's little studio, we can maybe have behind the scene and that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, start... I, the behind the scenes have been probably like the most fun. Um, yeah. Episode two, which is coming out shortly includes a, a, a road trip that I went on also includes an interview with a friend of mine, Sergio at his house. Um, Cause we're talking about home, the psychological importance of home. We talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, in kind of in the field where we're actually out doing things in uh, mm -hmm. one of my future episodes is going to include a little bit more travel, including a travel out of state um, to Alaska. So I'm excited for, for that upcoming episode as well. So yeah, it's, it's going to be <clears throat> kind of nitty and gritty out in the field, out doing things. And that's yeah, really I know that's cool. something we've been wanting to do too. So, you know, I definitely want to get us out there having us a day swinging a sports related <laughs> object. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. We won't say which object. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to say last night, I was um, talking to someone about uh, Tai Chi. And I was just thinking, you know, now talking about golf and turning, we talked about that, how you turn your body, how you swing and all of that. And then that reminded me when they were talking about Tai Chi, because the movement, they go right and left, they swing. And I was just thinking, this reminds me of golf with my friends talking about it. So maybe I can start with Tai Chi and then move to golf. <laughs> there you go. Get started now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Daniel and I, I think we're pretty competitive too. So yeah, we're going we're gonna to expect you to, to just jump right in and that, that'll be the fun of it though, too. We'll, we'll definitely guide you through it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Great. So let's go back to our topic, which is sarcasm. I did want to say, I, I feel like Daniel and I are just going to, have a field day with this one because Daniel is just so great all of the time. See, that, that was sarcasm. That was <laughs> real funny, Alex. Real funny. It's painful. I I'm think, really I think, liking this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Daniel are going to have fun with it. I think, Saide, yeah, you said it's painful. It, that's another side of it. Yes. 
No, seriously, if sarcasm has some fun into it, I understand. But sometimes sarcasm, when it's with purpose to send a message that is not taken well from the other person, I think it's painful. I don't know. I guess it could go both ways, <clears throat> but I always have noticed when I have been observing two people or a couple of people being sarcasm towards each other, I notice the pain in another person, the anger, the back and forth. So I don't know how it could be fun, you guys. You can show me how sarcasm is fun. I think at the root of it, yeah, you're you're touching on what it really is. Yeah, it's not fun. I think it is a, a playful way to be hurtful. It's, a, it's like one of those, like they say, a backhanded compliment. Like, right. oh, it seems playful and fun, but it actually is is meant to hurt and to, uh, you know, insult. I always think of that game where you put your hands out and then somebody puts your hands over oh, right, and then you like, right, try to right, slap somebody's right. hands. I love somebody that. is eventually, oh, you love that. Okay. <laughs> I, I would not have guessed that. Well, I was going to say that reminds me of sarcasm. It's fun at first, but somebody's going to oh, get yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to get upset. I'm good at it. That's why I said I oh. love it. <laughs> That, that's good to know. I, I'm, I'm definitely fast. keeping my I'm hands fast. away from side A then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's more hurtful than helpful though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Daniel, absolutely. Are you familiar with the topic of sarcasm? Is oh this, my gosh. He has a new PhD topic? in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure where to go with this after side A just said he has a PhD in it. And just a moment ago, she was saying, Oh, it's so painful. Why do people do that? So I'm, I don't help. I, not I just use sarcasm. She might smack my hands. I'm standing Ooh, away. Oh, man. And then, yeah. And then saying you like playing a game where you inflict pain on others. Okay. I was, I was just showing how sarcasm could be painful. <laughs> oh my God. I think she needed the, to hear and learn about sarcasm more than we did, Daniel. I think that's just what's happening. We're realizing that. That yeah, is true. This is that why is she's absolutely in charge. You <laughs> may be embarking on a therapeutic endeavor here. Oh, yeah. gosh. Sort of an intervention. Okay. <laughs> on air intervention. Okay, Alex, uh, open up a session. <laughs> <laughs> Psychology Plus. Yes. Yeah, so Dr. Alex Rockers and, and I can <laughs> come to, to you and sarcasm. start talking. <laughs> oh. All right. So that's a good start about sarcasm. Here we are already hurting each other by sarcasm. Trying to wound each other. Yeah. And we both need therapy, probably. Well, okay. So let's start off. Probably. <laughs> that's good. That's good, Sadie. That's what. <laughs> Let's define what is sarcasm, shall we? Yes. What is that? What does sarcasm mean? I don't have a dictionary in front of me and I'm not Googling. I'm just from my experience. Mm -hmm. I think sarcasm to me is sending a message that um, is not really positive. You know, uh, not that it's negative, but you're re relieve, revealing a message that might be hard to say it otherwise. So you say it in a way that um, sort of you can say, oh, it was a joke. 
or you know what I mean? It's like you don't say something in, in, to the face of someone that message because it's hurtful or painful if you say it that way, but you put it in a way that um, it's um, inhibited. It's not, you know, it's uh, it's latent. I'm sorry, not inhibited. It's it, it's latent. It's hidden. It's sort of the message is covered. Yeah, the message is opposite from the content. Mm. So if I say nice dress, then what I really mean is that dress is ugly. Yeah. I'm saying nice dress, but I'm delivering it in such a way that there's a yeah. cut. There's some yeah. sort of cut to it. Alex, what do you can you add to this or subtract yeah. from it or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> divide it. Let's divide it. Yeah. Yeah. Dissect it. Yeah, no, I, I think you guys are right. I noticed too, a lot of times, even as we were doing it right now, there's always, there's a bit of a tone sometimes. So I think you do point it out to some degree, but it's still like latent in that way. So it's, it's meant to be kind of emphasized yet the, the, the cut of it is a little bit, it's shallow too, because it's, it's obvious that you're pointing out something in a way, but then also it can be slightly missed as well. And I'm thinking of times where somebody has been sarcastic in a group of people and one person doesn't get it or the person it was intended for doesn't get it, but it's just there. It's like right on the surface, but not always so blatant necessarily. And I yeah, I think, a, yeah. Sorry. I have a clear example and you guys can tell me if this was a sarcasm. We were going to, um, on a, we, every year we go to a hiking trip. We had, um, we, we had an Airbnb and a group of us were living in that house. There were a couple of couples and a few um, single people and uh, the house was beautiful and, and everybody was happy and everything. So uh, the wife of one of these guys walked in the morning out of the bedroom and then the husband, and we are now eating breakfast to go for a hike. And then the, the, top that she was wearing it was a little bit of shiny top it wasn't anything for hiking and then the husband said oh you look very nice where are you going today and then she goes I'm coming hiking and with you guys and then he goes oh I thought you're going somewhere else <laughs> and then I thought that was that was like great sarcasm and then he goes what's wrong with this and then he goes I don't know. I thought you were going to a wedding or to a party or something. <laughs> Everybody laughed, but she went and he, she changed it. But I thought that was a very nice sarcasm. Well, did, but did she laugh? No, she didn't. But she felt Every, embarrassed. She it felt not embarrassed. True. It's not true that everybody laughed. And we, that's, we, I think often how sarcasm goes. It's funny unless you're the target. That's true. Yeah. So that, but, but at that point, I thought, what a funny way he pointed, because in front of everybody, he couldn't just say, you know, oh, you know, go change your, your top. This is not for hike, but in a way he said it, but in a funny way, I thought we all actually laughed, but you're right. She was embarrassed. Well, I think it can be it can be humorous if it's light and people are all in the same level. Um, I've seen it happen enough times, though, where it cuts and it's painful and especially painful when 
those things are delivered a little bit cryptically and you don't know you've been sliced until later. And then that's, I think, especially ugly when somebody does that. I just, it's, I'm not, I, I, for me, I become very uncomfortable around such people and I don't hang around them. I mean, for what? Yeah. So that I might accidentally get cut by one of their slinging blades. Mm, no, thanks. Yeah. Especially if you're shamed in public that way too, yeah. it makes it feel like you're, you're kind of vulnerable to that. And, and that's the tricky part. A lot of times with it, you don't know when it can come. You don't know when the sarcasm is going to come as well as uh, yeah. It, some, especially if it touches on something that a person is sensitive about. So for example, with the, the clothing example, if that's a comment that he's always kind of telling her, like, why do you, why do you wear those things? Like you dress like you're, you know, always fancy or something like that. That comment in front of everybody can can touch on that for her potentially and then it's like that you know you're reviving that 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 hurt that slight mm -hmm. cut yeah yeah the problem is then you have one has to feel like they are on, one has to be on guard all the time i have to be guarded and careful and start editing everything i say and do around such a person and that's not free and that's not uh, relaxing and fun to me. I don't want to have to do combat or be yeah. defended from combat all the time around somebody. You guys, the way you started to talk about sarcasm, I thought <laughs> I'm the only one who says it's painful, but now I hear it's even sometimes more than painful. And we're learning a lot about you too, and your <laughs> your <laughs> you're saying it's painful, and maybe it not being so painful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised. That was absolutely delightful. funny and joke. So mm -hmm. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I, I attest to that. Yeah. All right, um, time for a break, man. Okay, time a for a break. Yeah, I know, we need to relax. I know. I feel, now I you're you're putting sweating, so much pressure on me. Nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm sweating too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Our shenmanegan aziz radio bamdad, ba Dr. Daniel Rakers va Alexandra de dar khedmatun hastim va rojebe sarcasm ke dar haygat yek no شوخی میتونه باشه که گاهی اوقات خیلی آزاردهندم هست ما در زبان فارسی هم خیلی وقتا این مطلب رو راجبش صحبت میکنیم و میدونیم که به هر حال سارکزم مطلبیه که به هر حال زیاد قشنگ نیستش و خیلی وقتا آدم ها رو دوچار عصبانیت، ناراحتی، جوابگویی میکنه در حقیقت ما تو فارسی شاید به سارکزم بگیم تعنه زدن، ریشخند کردن یعنی ما میاییم یه مطلبی رو جوری عنوان میکنیم که در حقیقت اون شخص بفهمه داریم راجبه چی صحبت میکنیم ولی با تنه و کنایه و خیلی وقتها هم این مطالب میتونه دردناک باشه ما امروز فکر کردیم که اثرات روانشناسی این تنه زدن و ریشخند کردن رو مطرح کنیم و ببینیم که چجوری میتونیم با این کنار بیایم آدمایی که ریشخند و تنه میزنن چرا این کارو میکنن آدمهایی که دوچار این تنه و ریشخند هستن چقدر میتونن تحمل کنن و این 
ارتباطات به این صورت به چه صورت میشه جلوشو گرفت یا باش کار کرد ما یک بریک کوتاه میدیم برمیگردیم و دوماله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade. Uh, the first part of our conversation, uh, we introduced Dr. Alexandrade's podcast, who has started a new um, a route to psychology uh, in addition to what we are doing and what his uh, private practice is. And we are so happy to announce uh, that he has this podcast. We also talked about our topic today is sarcasm. And the first part of our conversation was the pain that uh, comes with sarcasm. And of course, as we know, in all languages and cultures, there is such a thing as sarcasm. So at this part, I would like to invite my colleagues and my friends to talk about um, how to deal with sarcasm. I think psychologically is important to talk about this now that we open this up um, because I know um, sarcasm is something that um, at least I know in our culture, in Persian culture is very negative. And people who use sarcasm um, are constantly uh, talked about in a negative way about them that they use sarcasm. So I wanna know how as a person, if I'm dealing with someone who uses sarcasm, what would be a nice way to deal with that? And what would be the effect of sarcasm psychologically on the receiver? Well, I think as we kind of just mentioned towards the end there, uh, you know, if we're the victim of that constantly, it, it's going to make us feel probably tense, a little on edge, uh, even apprehensive, we can become self-conscious, 
uh, even self-critical about those things. And so it's something that over time can wear on a person to the point where may not they may not only want to avoid the person who does it, but also may want to avoid other social situations or other people who are even kind of joking and playful. Uh, so I, I could see it being something that kind of spreads and puts somebody in a place where they can feel very self-conscious, um, kind of very, uh, you know, wounded by sometimes even slight or playful comments in that way. So, yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts, Dan? One of the difficulties with that is that it tends to drive us away and from others as in human beings, we are social beings. So we need social support from others. And if you have a spouse or a significant other who is sarcastic, that's going to be erosive. It will erode you and undermine your own self-confidence in yourself. So the problem is that it drives people away and we need people. And if we're stuck in a relationship where we need that person, yet they're sarcastic and driving us away, extremely difficult and painful to keep our own self. Because when it pushes us away, what it requires really, what I'm trying to say here is it requires us to have our own sense of independence on it, which leads me to answer your question, how to handle it. One effective way of handling it is to respond to the content tone. In other words, you respond in a genuine manner to what is being said. So if it's a compliment, it's really a cut, you respond to the compliment, but you must do so with a certain amount of self-confidence. So yeah, you know, this is the, I do like this shirt. This is a good shirt. Thank you. So you don't, you don't take the message the cut message, the underlying message. And you just respond to what they said, which is essentially totally valid because they're going to hide under the cover of that if somebody points them out. So yeah, I think it's a way to diffuse it. Yeah, it's a way to diffuse it a little bit. Go with the power out of it almost. Exactly. If you demonstrate that your, your cut does not cut me, then their cut doesn't cut you and they don't cut you. And I they like that. don't have the power then. I really like that idea, that way of responding. I think it's so smart. It's smarter than those that they're trying to use sarcasm to send their message. This is really above that. I really, really like that. That is awesome. Well, I think that the people who are sending the sarcastic message are feeling underpowered tin with, and they're mm -hmm. trying to gain power in a um, secret way, in mm -hmm. a subterfuge manner. I don't know what I'm trying. I know what I'm trying to say. I don't have the right words for no, it. No, I don't want. Com I don't want sarcastic comments here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice job, Dan. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Seriously, you actually point a great part that the person who uses sarcasm is under power. So this is absolutely a great way to describe someone who uses sarcasm, because when you know this is true about a person who is using sarcasm, for the most part, we don't say 100%, but if this is even 80%, 90% right, then you are actually receiving the sarcasm from a PowerPoint.
you know what I mean, from the power so that you can respond in a way that you make the other person sort of, oh my gosh, now how do I go over that? How do I use another one? You put that person on the spot to think of, okay, now if I want to use another sarcasm, how do I do that? Because this person doesn't get it, you know? Yeah, they're not going to take the bait. Yeah. No, I I absolutely feel like this is a powerful way to respond to someone who uses sarcasm. And I really want to invite our listeners to practice this because it's not easy. Because I know emotionally you may get angry. You may feel like, why this person is doing that to me? So it's very natural to go there. But if we really practice and we know that the person who's using sarcasm definitely has something in mind that is uncomfortable himself or herself. So you are above that person if you practice and don't respond immediately in an angry way, but actually just respond to the content very natural and casual way so that the person actually thinks you didn't get it. They may even stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you take the punch out of their out of their comment. And, and in a sense, you also expose them. Yeah. Other people would see it too. This is very wise. I learned something today that I have to try to practice and use it because this is very powerful, I think. I was going to say another way that could possibly be helpful, just thinking of some of the things that Daniel mentioned in regards to the social aspect of it, because sometimes it can be difficult to speak up uh, for ourselves, especially in a crowd of people. Uh, one thing that I find helpful too is if, and, and this is the idea too of removing that power, if that person isn't in that social setting and it's just one-on-one, there can be maybe an increased ease in being able to advocate for ourselves in regards to how we're being treated and how we don't want to be treated. So, you know, maybe not in that moment, you know, being able to, you know, if you find you can't say something in that moment because everybody's laughing and everybody thinks it's funny, you know, being able to kind of one-on-one kind of more directly confront that person in a way of we're saying like, Hey, you made that comment about my shirt. I just want you to know, I don't appreciate that. And they could say, oh, well, no, I was just joking. Like, I'm just letting you know that that's not something that I want to joke about. And that doesn't feel good when you do that. Make it kind of a statement. We don't have to get into this back and forth. That can make it somewhat easier. I know a lot of people don't like conflict. A lot of people don't like, you know, kind of having to directly <clears throat> acknowledge and address something. But I think it could also be important, too, because it can really hammer the point home if somebody steps aside and says, hey, I don't like this. And that didn't feel good. And if it's somebody who is a friend or we think is a friend, you know, uh, somebody that, you know, a family member, I find family, you know, kind of jokes the most about these things sometimes that can maybe land with them a little bit more because it's like, okay, we're, we're out of that previous situation. They were maybe seeking power, you know, wanted made everybody to laugh, wanted to point out something and then being able to try to let them hear us a little bit more. So uh, again, not, uh, not the easiest, but again, if this is something that's wounding you and hurting you at some point, as Daniel mentioned, you know, if if we keep experiencing that we're going to withdraw. And so before we get to that point of withdrawing completely, 
that could be another option to potentially address it uh, to try to resolve it. Yeah. And I said, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to add another way of doing that, taking them aside is, which may, which is a little less confrontive is to say something like, Hey, I don't know if you know it, but that last comment you made, that was pretty painful for me in front of other people. So that's another way of a slightly different angle coming at it. But I think both, depending on what you're, I think it's a very good comment, Alex, because we have to figure out, well, what do we need to do in that situation? Do I need to assert some power here or do I just need to deliver a message to that person? If they're trying to get on top and it's a power issue, I mean, you just have to figure out, a, what works best for you? And also, what are you trying to accomplish? What do you need to accomplish in there? What yeah. side A, where were you going? I was going to say, when you are in a relationship like husband and wife, obviously, you want to make this clear that, hey, that comment that you made wasn't right. Because you're dealing with a person day and night, day after day. So you need to clear this cloud you know what I mean? So it doesn't happen again. But let's say we were in that uh, house together and he made that comment to me, right? I could have made that suggestion that Dan said, respond to the content and or just say, oh, I love this and I think it's great for hiking. You know what I mean? Or whatever. So I'm just saying if you're not related and you don't see them often you may respond the way that dan explained and i really thought this would be my practice from now on with people that you're not related closely and you don't see them often you know what i mean because they it, it passes and and you see them once in a while or unless you're working with someone you're living with someone as family member then you can really clear the cloud on the way and con confront. But I think it's not from a powerful point when with someone that you're not that related, you talk that way. You know what I mean? It's like you said something and I just passed by it. I didn't even act like I know what you're trying to say, you know. And that, I think that's powerful. It's different than when you're related with someone and you're very close. I think sometimes people are opportunists too. I know if I see an opportunity to be sarcastic with somebody, I know, and this is going to sound bad, but I'm going to say it. If I don't like the person, I'm more likely to say it in front of a group of people where if I like the person, I'm more likely to just tell them like, hey, I was going to tell you, like, what's up with that shirt and you going hiking, you know, it's, yeah. it, it versus it being a little bit more uh, uh, passive in that way. But again, it, it, I think it's it, it draws this this line like where where on the continuum of, of humor and sarcasm, like where is sarcasm that is meant to hurt and to belittle? And so I think it's one of those things where. You know, even as the person delivering the message, you know, what are, what are you feeling in that moment? Are you wanting people to like you? Are you wanting to hurt this other person? You know, I think it's definitely positive that we talk about, you know, as somebody who experiences this, what do you do? But also, you know, there's people out there who know that they do this and recognizing, you know, what is it that you're getting from that? 
are you trying to feel powerful? Are you trying to be popular? Uh, are you trying to hurt that person in a way that seems maybe a little more socially acceptable? You, you don't like the shirt she wears all the times, but you don't know how to tell her. And so you exactly. use that. Yeah. You use yeah. that as an opportunity, which is going to backfire. In it. So yeah. I, I think just as much as it is, we talk about the person who's the victim of that, I think the person who, who perpetrates that also needs to reflect on, you know, yeah. where's that behavior coming from? Um, yeah. You know, how are, how are they hurting themselves by doing it in that manner as well? Well, another piece that's important following up on what you said, Alex, is sometimes people don't know that they're sarcastic. I know. I'm sure Whatever people, do you mean, Daniel? Whatever do you mean? <laughs> I'm sure people see me as being sarcastic when I was and when I was younger, I did not know that was a mode that I operated in. And what happens is that a lot of times if you're sarcastic, you're going to hang around sarcastic people. And that's a familiar form of, of social discourse there. When I learned that I was being sarcastic from my very first therapist who talked about that. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized I didn't really like being around other sarcastic people. I remember noticing that stuff didn't seem so funny to me and it wasn't fun to me. And yet I'm sure I still retain some of those tinges. I don't mean it in a bad way. And I definitely don't try to do it. I want to be a lot different than that. I try to be more authentic and more genuine because being sarcastic is not being authentic or genuine, right? It's hiding. It's hiding. Now, another definition of sarcasm, just to take this a little further, is that it is a like a leakage of anger. It's a sideways directed anger. And somebody who is angry, but they are unable to express their anger directly or appropriately. And a lot of times what I've noticed in clients is that the sarcasm tends to be an anger that has turned bitter. In other words, old anger, unresolved, older anger, things have not been processed. And so then it ends up leaking out in that way. What about you guys? What have you noticed? I think the way um, this recent conversation we have, it's mostly, especially what you said, Dan, it's mostly within families that they know each other really well. They have underlying issues going on from childhood, from the way they were growing up. You see that between brothers and sisters more than anybody else that they, maybe there's jealousy also involved and they can't share their hurt, their uncomfortable um, memories that they have, and they start picking on each other. And sarcasm is mostly like picking on each other. And I've seen that mostly what you just mentioned. It's the underlying anger, the bitterness. Um, it happens between either um, husbands and, uh, and wives or brothers and sisters. I think it's just another tool to react or respond when we're maybe hurt in some other way. It's, it's quick. And, you know, if you took something of mine, well, that's why you always wear stupid shirts. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, you know, or, you know, well, look at your shirt today. You know what I mean? It's just like a quip that you can use in order to retaliate sometimes. And yeah, so because coming, like you said, yeah, coming from that place of, 
maybe hurt, um, you know, previously. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. When we come back, maybe we should take a break. When we come back, I have another question sure. about sarcasm. It's not sarcasm question. Is it a sarcastic question, Dan? <laughs> I hope not, but like yeah. I said, I still retain some of that. <laughs> پروندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد ما یک بریک کوتاه میگیریم اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من به همراه دکتر دانیل راکر زن دکتر الکساندراد امروز در خدمتون هستیم روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت 12 تا یک بعد از ظهر صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین امروز ما در مورد سارکازم که به فارسی تنه و ریشخند میشه صحبت کردیم قسمت اول برنامهمون اگه رادیاتون رو تازه باز کردین راجع به همین ریشخند و تنه صحبت کردیم قسمت دوم برنامه صحبت کردیم راجع به اینکه از نظر روانشناسی آدمی که ریشخند میزنه و تنه میزنه چه مشکلات درونی داره که این کارو میکنه و از نظر اون کسی که این ریشخند و تنه رو دریافت میکنه چه احساس و چه مشکلات روانشناسی روانی ممکنه براش به وجود بیاد ما یک بریک کوتاه میگیریم و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو به زبان انگلیسی ادامه میدیم اگر کسانی در منزل هستن که فکر میکنین از برنامه ما استفاده میکنن خواهش میکنم دعوت کنین ازشون به برنامه ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه توجه کنن ما پادکست های زیادی به زبان انگلیسی داریم تحت تاپیک های مختلف میتونیم پادکست های ما رو از سپاریفای و از آیتون اپل سرچ کنین تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی و ما شاید در حدود بیش از نزدیک 160 پادکست داریم که میتونین در زمانهای مناسب به اونها گوش بده برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi. Uh, if you just turn on your radio and you hadn't been listening to us, the first two parts of our conversation, we were talking about sarcasm, which is uh, something to deal with in any cultures and any languages. And I know in uh, some cultures, uh, sarcasm is very heavy and in some is lighter, but we know that um, it's not really fun to be the receiver. And I think it's not even fun to be the giver of sarcasm because whoever is giving the sarcasm probably um, to begin with is sort of uncomfortable because when you know you are targeting someone, you're not in a very comfortable and relaxed mood. So you are actually targeting someone. So you probably are uncomfortable to begin with. And especially with what we've been talking in these two sessions, there must be some underlying issues. There might be some anger issues. There might be some growing up issues in your relationships. So many factors that are underlying to bring those sort of hurtful sarcasm to your life with, with other people. So it's important um, to really have self-awareness. If you are the giver, if you are the person who uses sarcasm, why do you do that? You know, so I think just to resolve the issues from the past, I think it's so important to know yourself and to sort of uh, understand what is it that you're so angry about? Why are you targeting someone else that might not be so much, um, uh, you know, doesn't really, it's not fair to that person to receive that much sarcasm. Think about what has been going on in your life that makes you so angry and better that you are using it towards another person other people, maybe not even one one person, maybe more. So um, I just want, um, in this session, I know we had a very deep conversation about this, but um, uh, I basically think uh, it's important also to guide our listeners. If you use sarcasm and you know there are people around you that they're bothered by that, have you ever thought about your own issues rather than targeting other people. Yeah, I thought this whole episode, we were just going to be ragging on each other the whole time and uh, being constantly sarcastic with each other. But, um, and I don't yeah. know if that comment uh, echoes that, but <laughs> I, I think yeah. there, there's a deeper level uh, that we touched on, I think, in, in all of this. Yeah, I think what you're what you said said is so right on because it is a case of not being authentic when we are sarcastic. It's not being authentic, and what we need to do is to know ourselves better, and really look at what was the environment I grew up in to see is this a standard mode of expression that I have adopted because of my own family culture or whatever culture I was in, and also look and see, well, are there some unresolved things that I am taking out on other people? I think that's, that's the sort of self-examination where I've heard it called the examined life or the unexamined life, where we need to examine ourselves 
We need to look at ourselves. And that's the whole purpose of therapy. One of the many purposes of therapy, let me say it like that, psychotherapy, is to examine our own life and examine our own self. Am I living the way I want to live? Do I know myself? How do I know myself? And is this the person I want to be? I know for myself, what I ended up doing, I distinctly remember this saying to some people, telling them, you know, I'm, I've changed and I don't find the sarcasm that really that funny anymore. And I don't enjoy it. And some of my friends changed after that. I didn't have some of the same friends. They, they weren't funny and they probably didn't think I was very funny either at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I agree. I think it, it, it means being more authentic that we need to be more authentic with ourselves, more genuine, really know ourselves. Yeah. Similarly for me, it was something I, I kind of, for me, it was under the umbrella of humor in general, but I had to learn a little bit more about my humor um, when I'm doing it at the cost of others, when I'm doing it, um, you know, for myself. Um, and so it's something that I had to kind of reflect on a little bit as well. Um, I think for me, the big, the big push was, uh, you know, being a psychologist, obviously you can't say something in session that you think is funny at the expense of your patient. You know, you could do that with your friends and they can maybe tolerate it to some degree or family can tolerate it, but in the therapeutic situation that can be really hurtful. Uh, and so it's something that I had to realize that, yeah, my humor can cut and there was probably some sarcasm that was connected with that, that could be, um, you know, really hurtful to people. So I had to really examine and reflect on, uh, just as you mentioned, uh, you know, that how my family communicated, uh, kind of what was, you know, familiar or easy as far as, uh, you know, humor. I, and that's what I always think sarcasm is. It's, it's an easy, I would call it low hanging fruit. Like, you know what, like if you're wanting to be funny, you know, yeah, you can take that low hanging fruit or you can actually be a little bit smarter and, you know, be a little bit more creative with your humor. And so it's something, well, I'll even say too, I don't think I've said it too much to you guys, but if it's like, if it's a gimme, like, I'll be like, all right, that was low hanging fruit. That's why I said it. But yeah, I, I find a lot of times it's like, okay, that's, that's not, it's not helpful. It's not clever. You know, I think humor, uh, you know, smart humor is, is much more engaging and, and pulls people together versus sarcasm pushes people uh, away. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Being funny, I think it's a great um, quality of a person and uh, laughing with people that are funny. It's the best vitamin daily. You can have a dose of that. Um, we, we talked about uh, hiking with a group. We have a couple of people in our hiking group that there are absolutely funny and they make the hiking really enjoyable and they're so quick in every little thing that comes up and they use that as something funny and i never heard from anybody that they use sarcasm they're just funny and they don't pick on people they're just using all different things to make this um you know, hiking very fun for everybody. And then they're missing in the hiking. Everybody misses them because everybody says, oh my gosh, we don't have fun. So-and-so is not here with us. Imagine how different it is from someone who is sarcastic. 
I think people, as you guys mentioned too, they try to get away from these people, but people who are funny, people are gravitated towards them. They, they like them. They want to be around them. I also wanted to say that we sometimes forget how sensitive the soul of people is how sensitive we are as human being and sometimes we only see our point one way and we don't think of other people's issues and we just throw something without even realizing what you um, put on the table and maybe that is hurtful maybe that wasn't the right thing to say or the right time to say so it just gives me i mean our conversation um, mostly is uh, probably for me, um, what I take is how careful we have to be in what we say and how we say it. Because I think part of a good communication is um, interaction in a positive way, in a um, more engaging way. So by being sarcasm, we are not engaging people. We are putting these people that are around us away from us. Yeah, I think in addition to being careful, it's that idea of maybe being thoughtful and considerate of the impact of what we say on other people. And so, yeah, it's versus feeling like we're having to withhold those things that we're wanting to say. And again, it brings us back to, well, why are you, why, why is that what you want to say in this situation? You know, what is the, what is the goal of that? you know, as well as what could be the negative impact on others that that has. Can sarcasm ever be okay? For example, if I use sarcasm on myself, I'm out golfing on a Saturday and I hit the ball. I'm not playing well on Saturday. And so I get up to the tee and I swing really hard and I slice the ball hard into the forest on the right. And I'm not going to let it bother me. And I hit another one and I repeat exactly what I did. And I said, nice, real nice. So my question is, is that okay? Because usually sarcasm, we can, we damage another person. Is it okay to do it that way? Is it okay to do it that way? And then turn to the others and laugh about it? Does that neutralize? I think so. I think actually, you know, you're dealing with what happened that you were not happy about. So not only you are releasing your um, not upset, but not being happy about what happened, you are releasing that tension, but it gets back to you. So you had said that. And you also, rather than thinking maybe people were thinking that, you already said it, you know what I mean? So you don't, you just don't leave any room for anybody to say, <laughs> you know, you just got that. I think it's very good way, I personally think, because first of all, it shows that how aware you are, you're not hiding anything especially when you make a mistake or when you say something that it wasn't right, when you admit to it, it's the same thing. It's a behavior, it's an action, it's the words you said. You turn back on yourself and say that, oh, what a nice thing I said, <laughs> you know, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Or what a nice 
action I did in, in this part of golfing that, uh, you know, I mean, in any ways, you are basically talking to yourself, admitting to what happened. And I think it's a plus. What do you think, Alex? I think it's okay, but I think it's also a slippery slope. I think it's one of those things where it can become very easy to start to say, oh, great, look at there I go again. And then it becomes this expectation of, you know, when those things happen, I fail or I mess up. And and I find for some people that can become part of that internal dialogue very easily. And so, you know, I think it's, there's times where it can be okay, but yeah, if it's one of the few ways that we deal with something like that, you know, other times we could be like, man, that's annoying. Like I'm trying to actually hit it and it keeps doing this, you know? And so versus, you know, sarcasm being the only way that we cope with that. All right. So we got to the end of our program. And as usual, we end our session with each of us say something about our total conversation. So I would just start with any of you, uh, my colleagues, Dr. Rockers. I will jump in with a no news suggestion, which is respond to sarcasm at the surface level, at whatever the level but make sure you can, that you're, you have that sense of independence enough that it's like, yeah, whatever. Okay. It's fine. That way you're not uh, allowing yourself to be cut. And I would encourage this idea. I mean, I think we can all be guilty of being sarcastic. So rather than saying, if you're a perpetrator of being sarcastic or a victim of being sarcastic, I think it's kind of like we talked about today, reflect on what is sarcasm and just ask yourself, might any of those kind of qualities or behaviors, things that I do at certain times and why might I do those or what feels? So it's something I think that isn't just a behavior of, you know, really bad people or even trying to be hurtful. I think it's just something that we could all fall victim to. So trying to reflect on what is that for you and can you be better? And I wanna, yeah, I want to say, you know, in any interaction, we either, um, enjoy that interaction or we feel sort of uncomfortable and this is a different degrees of comfort to different degrees of uncomfortness um i always feel like whenever my heartbeat goes up and physically i feel not right there's something emotional that is bothering so i think we have to be aware of our physical being and our mental being at any point. If we are, as you said, Alex, the, pre the, the giving giver or the perpetrator of um, the sarcasm, definitely we are not, um, we are not a stone. We are a human being. Even if we are a perpetrator, uh, we are also physically noticing some sort of, uh, you know, difference in our body uh, because we know purposefully we are using some um, sarcasm. And if we are the victim, we also probably physically also feel like maybe our breath, our uh, pulse goes up are not feeling well, maybe we are sweating, maybe we are uncomfortable. Why do we even want to be in that situation? I think we have to definitely view our interaction with people that um, uh, make us uncomfortable. And um, if we are the uh, person that knows what you're doing and what who you're targeting, think twice and say, what is your purpose in that? 
Can you be nicer? Be, you know, more um, sophisticated in a way that you want to share some content rather than hurting someone. So with that, I want to thank my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And um, we come back tomorrow and we continue our conversation, maybe about the same topic or something else. So have a wonderful Saturday and we, we talk to you tomorrow. Sign.